SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Kids, here we go from the KSHP studios in Las Vegas. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, thrilled to be with you along the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius Channel 204. Follow my dear friend on Twitter at Stevie Slapshot. Follow me at Brian Blessing. I'll be putting out the link to our number one where Jeff Sherman joined us from the Superbook at the Westgate with an open championship preview. I mean, two full segments on the open, which tees off tonight. One in the morning, our time. Now I'm mapping out a course to watch as much of this as I can and stay upright, which the older you get isn't easy. I mean, I go in with this master plan, Steve. You know, basketball ends, take a nap, get up, watch the golf, make it till about 3, 4 in the morning. Rack for a few hours, get up, catch up on what I missed, and then come on in here and you'll be seeing me squinting at you tomorrow morning. <laughs> I love the Open, man. It, I'm telling you, next week, not pretty. I'm yawning until next Thursday. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get through it one way or another. Hey, speaking of basketball, reminded me of one thing. Uh, Kawhi Leonard with news this morning. It was a partial tear. I believe of the ACL, it was one of the CLs. Um, I, I think it was the ACL. A big difference, though. Yeah, uh, well, partial tears can sometimes be worse, can require more rehab than a full tear. It's easier to repair a, a full tear, I understand. But he'll be ready to go at the beginning of next season. Well, the one thing is with that game be about to be played tonight, game four, four and a half, 220 and a half, 221. Milwaukee favorite on home court trying to even the series, turn it into a best of three. How long ago was it? Ten days? I mean, think about it. You're yeah. sitting there going, would there be structural damage with Giannis's knee? Mm-hmm. And here he is running around like a reindeer and playing. I mean, kind of a remarkable thing when that was terrifying if yep. you're a Bucks fan. That was the word I was going to use, Brian, remarkable. Because when that thing first happened, I, oh, my Lord, he's done. And uh, apparently no structural damage. I don't know how. He got away with no structural damage there at all. And, and he, as you say, he, he's running around like it never happened. I'm trying to really wrap my head around this. I want to believe Milwaukee comes back with another big effort and then give us some real excitement with a best of three. I would not discount either team's ability to sneak one out of the other team's barn. At the moment, it looks like a home team series. But, I mean, go back to when the playoffs started, Stevie. You had that Dallas series with the Clippers where every team won on the road. They won all the road games until the Clippers won at home in Game 7. Yeah. I, I think tonight's going to be really competitive. I, I think this game is going to go right down to the wire. Um, again, I, I like the over. I think uh, Phoenix um, is going to score more points 
than they did in Game 3. Um, Milwaukee will get, you speak of home court, Milwaukee's going to get some home court calls, though. I think that's going to happen again tonight. So uh, the, the, I, I just think you're going to get a really good game tonight. This is going to be fun to watch. I'm really torn from the pace of play. I'm, I'm agreeing with you that I think Phoenix makes some adjustments to get better looks because Milwaukee played much better defensively. Mm-hmm. But now we're to the point, you know, when the series, now they kind of know each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and they, uh, I was talking. But we about, haven't had a close game yet. You're right. I, but I but I think that happens tonight, Brian. And again, <laughs> part of the reason is they they have the extra day off, right? They, they they last played on Sunday, and now it's Wednesday. That means these teams have had an extra day to look at game film. So I I mentioned you know Phoenix, definitely looking at the game film to see in particular what Milwaukee did to slow Booker down. And and, if, and Milwaukee also has time to look at the game team against Phoenix and and even get more out of their offense if that's possible. You know, over 120 points. All right, we're gonna do a lot of football on the show today. Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com. We're going to do a preview of the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. Right, a little catching up to do. Yeah. Right. These are two of the big boys. Playbooksports.com, uh, the Playbook magazine. It's great information. Looking forward to this. I mean, football's coming, bud. I mean, here we go. I mean, we, we got the expansion draft coming in hockey. We're seeing some moves around the league. Everybody getting ready because it's going to be a trade freeze as of Saturday. I still say Vegas makes a trade between now and Saturday, picks the meat off somebody's bone that has to deal with Seattle where Vegas doesn't. I could see that happening. I, I, I think there may be a trade or two. In the league, I think the, some other teams are, are looking to do some deals. And again, Poyle from Nashville said he's talking with Seattle about doing something so he can keep the players he wants to keep. Brandon Carlo got a six-year contract extension, four point one a year with the Bruins. So they, they lock up a guy that, uh, you know, part of that core moving forward. Speaking of life the, after Chara, yeah. Speaking of the Bruins, uh, Kevin Miller uh, retired yeah. uh, at, at thirty-three. Too bad. A really, really good uh, defenseman for, what, about seven years with Boston. Unfortunately, the injuries cost him his career. All right. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Series Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. We're jacked to start turning the corner towards football season. Big 10, Big 12 conference preview. They're coming up next. Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com. A lot of great football talk coming your way next. Looking forward to that with Stevie Slapshot. I'm Brian Blessing. Glad you're along with us on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas Sportsbook Radio talking college football. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. 
This is going to be a treat for us. We've got big previews for you in this program. The Big Ten and the Big 12 preview with our friend Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com. The information, Stevie, is always exceptional. And I say this, this is information you can utilize, not just getting up to the start of the season. Week four, week nine, you'll find little snippets of information as we go through this. Get your pen and paper out. Make some notes because there'll be some goodies in there. It's worth. We've done this for the better part of a decade now with Mark Lawrence here in Vegas, and we're thrilled to be able to share it with the folks on Sirius 204 and the Sports Grid Radio Network. Without further ado, the pressure's on after that build-up, Mark Lawrence. How you doing, bud? Well, it's a big preview day, Brian, no doubt about that. Uh, college football right around the corner, the magazine out, and uh, we're rolling up our sleeves and looking forward to getting into both the Big Ten and the Big 12. All right, right out of the gate, tell the folks about the Playbook magazine and all the goodies you got. Magazine is on sale now at newsstands nationwide at Barnes & Noble Books A Million, or if you're in Las Vegas, our friends at the Gamblers Book Club have plenty of them in stock. If you can't be at either of those places, you can reach out to us at our website at playbooksports.com, and we'll be glad to ship a copy out to you by way of priority mail. All right, so what we'll do is devote a couple of segments, a shorter segment, longer segment on the Big Ten, and then we'll fire away on the Big 12. We usually start with just an overview of the conference and little nuggets that you can get a foundation and a starting point. And for me, it would be uh, when you get to bowl season, these guys across the board in the Big Ten historically have been really good in bowl games as underdogs, Mark. Yeah, dangerous as underdogs. Uh, the Big Ten is, I think, going to be all of what they're perceived to be this year. They've been just that in bowl games, especially when you give them points. You go back and you look, Big Ten teams' bowl games as underdogs go back to 1998. They are 67-48 and 48 to the spread and the blind. So they play with that chip on their shoulder when you give them points in the bowl games. Mark that down because that might be all you need to know when bowl season rolls around. All right. So what we do is go alphabetically, and we're going to start in the East Division. And we begin with Indiana, where Tom Allen's got job security, a real nice paycheck, a real nice bonus plan, and he's got himself a really nice quarterback. He's got uh, a premier quarterback, arguably the best in the conference this year, provided he comes back healthy. We're talking about Michael Penix, Jr. Uh, He had a dynamic season last year until he went down with injury. Uh, He will be, like I say, the quarterback with the spotlight on him the most this season here. And Tom Allen, as you mentioned here, has a bright and shiny contract, deservedly so, for everything that he's done. He's going to make almost $5 million a year. What's interesting about Allen here is that if you go back and you look at his 24-year tenure as a coach, whether it's head coach or assistant coach in college football, his teams have gone 240 and 88. That's over 73% winning percentage for his football teams, and he's doing just that at Indiana these days. The one thing with Indiana, Mark, it's going the right way now, but to sustain it is what they're dying for. They've not been able to do that for a long time. Yeah, it's been a long while. You go back at this football team, uh, they haven't had three winning seasons in a row. They're coming off back-to-back dynamite seasons, which got Allen the contract boost. But the last time they had three winning seasons in a row 
Heck, Brian, it was before I was born even, 1945 to 1947. So that's a long time between drinks of water for the Indiana Hoosiers. See, Mike, you shouldn't be dating yourself like that because <laughs> because the picture, your picture on the magazine, you know, it, it seems to stay, you don't ever age. Well, I've been accused of that being my bar mitzvah picture, but it's not. Number one, I'm not, I'm not Jewish. <laughs> and number two, my Minor wife won't let me change it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's hilarious. All right, Maryland, they don't know what is a winning season. The recruiting's a little better, but, man, work to do. Yeah, they got some work to do, but you know, Brian, I'm going to look at this football team to be one of the risers in the Big Ten Conference this year. Uh, they're doing a lot of good things here right now, and I think it's finally going to start paying off, uh, if you will, for Mike Loxley. When he took over the program, they were he was barren with talent. He had nothing to do other than go out and recruit, and he's done just that. He got it done because of his recruiting classes. The last two years, he's even brought in a pair of five-star recruits, which has been unheard of at Maryland, and suddenly this program program is now on the rise because of these recruits. I see these Terrapins coming out of their shell this football season here. And the other beauty to all this is, if you take a look, uh, they're going to have to play up against Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, who walloped them last year, 170-21. to 21. Those are big chips on their shoulder here. So you put all that together here. I think this is a Maryland football team that they played one, the fewest amount of games of all teams in the Big Ten last year, only five because of the pandemic. But they did some good things. If you take a look at their games against Indiana and Northwestern, they only averaged seven points a game, but in the other three games, he averaged 31 points a contest. I think they're more the 31-point type team this year. Maryland on the rise this football season. All right, let's go to Michigan, where Jim Harbaugh went to the transfer portal for a quarterback he hopes can get him going. Yeah, he does. And, you know, I think everybody was a little bit awestruck when they extended his contract. Uh, people were wondering because they felt like he sat on the hottest of all hot seats for the work that he hasn't done here of late with this Michigan program, but it's understanding or understandable, I should say, why they did that, because if they fire him, they had to pay him the $4 million they owe him. Might as well bring him back and pay him the $4 million and see if uh, he can work with the recruits that he's brought in here. And I think what he did in this transfer portal that you mentioned here is he brought in a beauty, and Alan Bowman. He's the kid that was the quarterback at Texas Tech, and when this kid was healthy at Texas Tech, he was all big 12 first team caliber quarterback you if he's healthy here with michigan he's going to add a spark to this offense which they desperately desperately need this michigan football team uh i like what's going to go happening with this team here this year i think the pressure's now off of hardball if you will and this bowman kid if he's as good as advertised i think he'll end up making michigan a challenger in the big 10 this year i was going to ask you about about all mark uh, we know that he can co- coach college football with what he did at stanford and before that san diego so we know that we he knows how to coach college football he just hasn't gone the way that wolverine fans would like it to go what has you know you've said that you think he gets it back on track this year what has happened in the past at michigan that it hasn't worked out well, you know, he's brought the recruits in, Stevie, and they should have done that, and there's no no excuses. I mean, he flat out just didn't get the job done, and it was all, I think, largely because of the uh, the offense that he ran here. It was so predictable. Uh, almost every play, everybody knew what was coming, and uh, it's you know it's not hard to defend stuff like that. So he's gone out and he's made some changes here. He also uh, fired his defensive coordinator and Don Brown, a longtime defensive coordinator. He's bringing in a couple of co-defensive coordinators that were in the NFL last year with Ball 
Baltimore and Dallas. So, you know, he's tweaking things up here. I think he's going to end up opening the offense up and doing a much better job defensively. And suddenly, if he can do that, I think the pressure, like I say, will be off of Harbaugh this season and more on the Wolverines. And, Mark, in the segment you name, stat you will like, the Wolverines 2-16 and 16 straight up in their final two games of the season since 2012. That means Ohio State they ain't beaten. <laughs> well, that's a given. <laughs> that's all. That's the largest part of that stat because uh, Harbaugh cannot seem to beat the Buckeyes, and you know if he if he can get over overcome that hurdle, it'll be mission accomplished here. But that's a pathetic stat for a team like Michigan in their final two games of the season to win only two times out of eighteen games. Uh, that's going to have to improve, obviously. So if they can take down Ohio State and win another game. Like I say, they could be well on the way to a good, solid winning football season this year. Give me 40 seconds, 35 seconds, and we we can follow up on it. But Michigan State, tough sledding for Mel Tucker. Yeah, real tough sledding for Mel Tucker here. You know, he inherited a real tough spot when he came in here last year. Uh, they lost their quarterback, uh, two wide receivers, a tight end, a, a linebacker. Nothing went well for this football team. But what they're going to be this year is, just like Michigan, a mission team. A team that had enjoyed winning seasons before and took it on the chin last year. Both Michigan, Michigan State, mission teams this year. Keep an eye out for the Spartans. I think they'll go bowling this football season. We're previewing the Big Ten. The Big 12 is coming as well. Coming up next, Ohio State, Penn State, and we will take you to the West Division of the Big Ten Talking College Football on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Getting you ready for college football on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slabshot. Glad to be with you. Series 204 Sports Grid Radio Network from the KSHP Studios in Las Vegas. Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com, The Playbook Magazine. We're doing the Big Ten and the Big 12 today. We're wrapping up the East Division in the Big Ten as we bring Mark back into the fray. And we start with the big boy, Ohio State. Yeah, they got smoked in the title game, Mark, but they keep making it there. And the one thing leading into this year, yikes, this is a favorable schedule. Yeah, very favorable schedule, Brian. You go up and down the schedule, what you find are only two opponents that had winning records last year. That would be great for any team, let alone the Buckeyes from Ohio State. They have to replace a lot this year. There's no question they lost 10 players in the draft last football season here. Uh, and a lot of key players, Justin Fields is gone. Uh, but they do have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, I think the best wide receiving tandem in college football this year. So they're coming back, and that should help this football team. Here's the interesting thing about the Buckeyes this year to me is that Ryan Day has never lost a Big Ten game. I think he'll lose that first Big Ten game here this year, and if he does lose it at the wrong time to the wrong opponent, this football team may not make it to the college football playoff this year because so many other teams are bringing so much talent and experience back this year 
despite a soft schedule, they cannot afford to make a mistake. I think this is going to be a tough year for Ohio State. They were picked apart in the air last year. They ranked 122nd in the country in passing yards allowed. And that defensive secondary is still soft for the Buckeyes. So while I'm from Ohio and me and my blood bleeds Buckeye um, red or scarlet and gray, I think the Buckeyes are going to be really up against it this football season. They should probably win the division by default, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Oh, they're a victim of the weight of expectations, right? Yeah, it's exactly right. You call it that. You call it returning to the norm, something eventually happening. And, you know, how long is Ryan D going to go without losing a Big Ten football game? That first loss would likely come in a season like this when everybody is just loaded to the max with returning experience. For Penn State, it has been a transfer portal nightmare. Big time portal nightmare for Penn State, but I'm going to color them dangerous this year because of that. I think this football team last year, uh, they got a little bit of medicine that they didn't like, especially when they started out so poorly last football season here. You know, people were wondering, my God, what's going on? Is James Franklin going to be back next football season? They started out 0-5, but they did rally back to win their final four football games, and this team comes back heavily experienced on the offensive side of things. Uh, I'm going to look at them to be, I think, the the team that's going to challenge Ohio State inside this division this year. And you can mark this game down October 28th at the Horseshoe in Columbus. The winner of that game will win the Big Ten this division here. Uh, and one of the reasons I like Penn State from last year, Brian, aside from what I just mentioned here, is they're one of these rare teams that last year improved their statistics offensively and defensively. Yet they went backwards, straight up and against the spread. That's a real strong formula for teams to improve on the next following football season, and I think Penn State will check all those boxes. Very, very dangerous, the Nittany Lions this year. All right, let's go to Rutgers, where they've got experience on the way. They do. Uh, you know, uh, Greg Schiano, it seems like uh, we're always talking about Greg Schiano, whether it's year one, year two, or you know, wherever it happens to be. But 21 starters are coming back uh, in a born-again opportunity here, thanks to the super seasoning and everything. But uh, he's going to have to do it where it counts, on the field between the trenches here. This team has been out-yarded in 40 of its last 45 football games those past four years. And they have a four-win over-under season win total, and I think they'll struggle to get to four wins this year. But you can make some money. I mean, Chiano uh, cashes tickets when he's not playing in the conference. To say the least, the non-conference when he's not laying points, how about 16-3-1 to the spread. Uh, Mark so, that one know, down, kids. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty strong number. So <laughs> that's where he'll yes. make it pay uh, this yeah. football season. So mark that down, a pretty strong number there for Greg Schiano. On to the West Division of the Big Ten. We all know what he did at Wisconsin here. That first year he took over the Badger football program when they were struggling. They won 11 football games. Uh, you know, he went to Arkansas and kind of took it on the chin there that uh, in his tenure there. But if you look at this team here right now. Uh, they started four quarterbacks last football season here. All four of those guys are back. So he's got a lot to choose from offensively with nine starters coming back and a solid offensive line here. This got the makings of what's going to be a – Brett Bielma, yeah, Wisconsin-type football team where they're going to, I think, end up pounding you on the, on the ground because of the big offensive horsemen that they're going to have on the offensive line here. I think this football team's going to steadily improve here this football season here. I don't know if they'll get the sick wins to make a bowl season this year, but he was a good hire for this football program. We know Kirk Ferentz knows what he's doing at Iowa, but boy, it's been a tumultuous time for the Hawkeyes. 
Yeah, it sure has. You hate to see this because he's the one coach you, you would not have expected it to be mired in all of this ugliness. But the fact of the matter is he is, and I hope he can resolve to get out of it because not only is he one of the winningest coaches in Iowa football history, but the longest tenured coach in FBS of all the coaches. So, you know, he's been around on a lot of real good things here, and I hope he can get past this this ugly black cloud that's hanging over their head here this football season here. Uh, just because they're Iowa and the way they recruit and everything that he does, this football program will be a good solid program if they come and want to play behind him they'll be a real good football program so a lot depends on how the players take the Kurt Ferentz this season at Minnesota we're talking about a lot of experience on the offensive line and a quarterback uh, Morgan that knows what he's doing yeah, uh, Tanner Morgan, uh, he really figures the benefit here with an offensive line, 36 starts under their belt. Uh, very, very experienced football team. Ten, ten starters back on both sides of the football here. And his, what I like about what he's doing here, P.J. Fleck, uh, he's recruiting where it counts the most. He's he's moved up 18 and a half places over the previous five year in recruiting for Minnesota here. That's the reason they're in the thick of things. You can put a tape over the name of Minnesota, and they're not the Minnesota of old. They are P.J. Flex Minnesota Gophers, and they're a very, very good football team who I think has got the capability of pulling an upset or two this football season. All right, let's go to Nebraska, where Scott Frost has himself quite the defensive line to work with. Yeah, doesn't it seem like we're always talking about this being the turnaround year for Scott Frost, and we have yet to see it here. And, uh, you know, sooner or later he's going to have to ring that bell because even though he's this prodigal son who came home here, uh, they can grow real tired of losing real quick in Nebraska. It's not a, a football program that's used to this type of stuff. But uh, the good thing for him is he's bringing back a lot of super seniors. These kids that had the opportunity to return for a fifth senior football season here, he's going to welcome their them just as football season here. Uh, the thing of it is, is last year a season win total was uh, six and a half. Now it's six. They don't mess around too much with him with the season win totals being that way. But uh, uh, I'd sure like to see him turn around because he's a really classy guy. 18 stutters coming back. I think I keep seeing it every year, but I think this is the year where Nebraska turns the corner this season. All right, Mark. When we talk about how important is experience, all you have to do is look up the 2020 version of Northwestern. Boy, they were the best. They were the number one ranked team in what we call returning production rankings. Uh, my good friend Bill Conley from ESPN shares those with me, and we share them in the Playbook Preview Guide magazine, and they were ranked number one in the country last year, and look what they did. My goodness. A lot of that is their head coach, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, amongst the best in college football. He gets absolutely the max out of his talent. The big problem he's got at hand this year is they're ranked dead last in returning production coming back in the experience this football season here. So while you were so well-stocked one year, you become depleted the next, and that's going to be the case for Northwestern this football season here. Uh, I think he'll find a way to coach, out-coach that. I don't know. He's got six and a half wins for a season win total. I think if he gets six and he becomes bowl eligible, he'll be thrilled because, like I say, they're the least experienced team with returning production in the FBS this football season. And they know how to win close games. Yeah, don't they, though? I mean, 48-1 uh, possession games since 2006, the most in the country tied with Navy. That's all about Pat Fitzgerald, their head coach. Youth is the name of the game at Purdue. 
Yeah, Purdue, Jeff Brom. Uh, you, you, another quick note here about Jeff Brom. I mean, he's been in a lot of close call games, but he's had 15 one-score losses in his last four years with Purdue. That's the difference between Northwestern and Purdue. Northwestern finds ways to win those games, and Purdue can't. 15 losses with Brom in four years in one close call football games. They lose Rondell Moore, who I think is going to be an outstanding pro football uh, wide receiver with the Arizona Cardinals this year. I think he was a steal in the draft, and he'll be a plum if he can stay healthy. He was never healthy there all that much. But uh, if you go back and you look at this football team here, the starts that the Boilermakers made the last two years, 40, 53% and 47% were made by underclassmen, which means this year they are now juniors and seniors, which means I'm going to look for a big year from Jeff Brom this football season for Purdue. They get over that five-win total. Mark, got about 40 seconds to wrap up the Big Ten. Wisconsin, we're used to them. You know, five yards and a cloud of dust, but it's quarterback Graham Mertz and the wide receiver who's a stud that's going to steal the spotlight. Yeah, Danny Davis the third. He's got Kendrick Pryor, super seniors coming back here. Wisconsin will be the team to beat in this division as they always should be. 17 starters coming back. you got to knock out Wisconsin, but they don't play Ohio State this year. That's why they probably will win this division. If you're a college football fan, it's great information, and you can catch it all in the Playbook magazine, MarkLawrencePlaybookSports.com. We're not done. The Big Ten's in the cookie jar on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Coming up next, we've got a preview of the Big 12 when we come back to Las Vegas. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Talking college football on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Mark Lawrence is our guest. Playbooksports.com. You getting the juices flowing here for college football, Stevie? I'm taking notes, buddy. Mark's dropping nuggets. All right. We got the Big Ten in the cookie jar. Now we got another big boy that we're going to be dealing with as we bring Mark Lawrence back into the fray. We move on to the Big 12, and we always do an overview. Then we'll go alphabetically. Uh, just your take, Mark, on the conference in general. Well, this conference in general here, I think personally the winner of the college football playoff this year is going to come out of this conference. And we'll talk about them in just a bit here, but I think they're going to be a lot more competitive this football season than we saw last. Only 10 teams in a Big 12 conference here, but a lot of good things to talk about. And one quick sidebar note, Stevie said dropping nuggets. It reminded me my granddaughter is working at McDonald's these days, and she is also dropping nuggets these days. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, There we go. It's lunchtime somewhere. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right, let's go. We'll start alphabetically. We go with Baylor who has a tough schedule, but 17 starters back. That helps. 
It sure does help. Uh, they're going to be a well-fortified football team this year. And most important of all, aside from those starters, is the fact that Jeff Grimes comes over from BYU as their offensive coordinator. He brings what he calls an RVO playbook, Reliable Violent Offense. And he did just that at Brigham Young. When he was at Brigham Young, he took over a program there, Brian, that averaged 17 points a game. When he left after last year, they averaged over 43 points a game. They need this shot in the arm to the Baylor Bears here this football season because it's going to be difficult in the middle of the season for this team. You take a look at games four through nine, the middle of the season. They face seven consecutive straight bowl opponents in a row. They only face seven all year, and they're all going to come between games four and nine which tells me they're going to have to come out of the gate early and close strong to be where they want to be. I think uh, the loss of Charlie Brewer is not going to help this football program. He was a star quarterback, stud went to Utah. But Jeff Grimes is the key for this football program here. He gets his playbook in place. The Baylor Bears will make some noise this year. I wonder if Zach Wilson sent uh, Jeff Grimes a nice little bonus check. Oh, he sure should have. <laughs> he put him on the map. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, that was a nice job. Uh, Wilson, number two draft pick. That came out of nowhere. But, again, it's all largely because of the job that Jeff Grimes did. Let's go to Iowa State. And 2020 was a nightmare for all of us. But it was a year to remember for the Cyclones. It was a dynamite year to remember for the Cyclones here. Uh, their defense was as good as defenses get in college football last year. Their quarterback, Brock Purdy, he broke 25 school records last year. He's back. They've got 20 starters back in total. Matt Campbell has had his best recruiting classes in the, of all the coaches in the Big 12 since he's arrived in 2012 here. And this defense I talked about last year, if you take a look during the second half of their final five games of the season, they allowed only 16 total points. They really strapped it on defensively, did this football team last year. And like I say, they're coming back with a lot of talent with arguably the best coach in this conference and Matt Campbell here. They'll be battling Oklahoma for the Big 12 championship this year. I'll be surprised if it's anybody but Oklahoma and Iowa State this football season. Some big, big names have not been able to get it done at Kansas. Can Lance Leopold, off a great run at Buffalo, turn things around in Kansas? Yes. He will turn things around in Kansas. It may not be this year. It may not be next year, but he will get the job done. You know what he was all about in Buffalo. We know where he came from, where he set all these outrageous records as a Division Three head coach at Wisconsin-Whitewater. The guy's a winner, and he brought his almost his entire coaching staff over with him, and he portal transfer players from Buffalo came over here with him as well. So they're going to have a new look all about them. They opened their season win total at one. It went to one and a half and I can understand because of Leopold. I don't know where they're going to find that second win this football season here. But he's done a lot of great things uh, over the years in the places that he's been. He's inheriting 19 starters coming back on this football team here this year. You're going to like Kansas a lot better with Leopold than you did with the coaches in the past for sure. Right, Kansas State uh, they got young players that got experience last year. And this is something Stevie's been talking about on Sportsbook Radio for a while now. And that's some of these guys that are basically, they are men now. And you've got a quarterback who's in his sixth year. And that kind of experience can only help. 
That's Skylar Thompson you're talking about. And, uh, you know, when he got hurt last year in the middle of the football season here, they plummeted. They went 0-5 out to end the football season here. 4-1 start, 0-5 finish. They stood no chance. But Thompson comes back, as you say, as a sixth-year senior here right now. He's made 30 career starts. He's got a running back in Deuce Vaughn, who was ranked second-best running back in the country this year. So he's got a formidable running attack to balance out what may be a decent passing attack here. And I'm a huge Chris Kleiman fan. You talk about head coaches a lot like Lance Leopold. He did it maybe at a smaller level. He's 81-17 and 17 at Division One level schools, is Chris Kleiman here. They're going to get the job here at this football program done this year because every one of the starts from their offensive line, 159 career starts, are back this football season here. So you can trash what happened last year to end the season for Kansas State. It's a new start this year and they'll make some noise, and they'll get over that five-and-a-half win total. On an annual basis, Oklahoma's offense is usually electric, and they've got the quarterback to run the show. Boy, they sure do. You know, we, we made this uh, this analogy in the playbook preseason football guide newsletter, and we do a preseason top 25, and Oklahoma is our pick to win the national championship this year. And a lot of our rationale is simple, and all it basically amounts to is you follow the Heisman Trophy uh, candidate, all the way out, and because those Heisman Trophy candidates usually make it to the playoffs, and they can lead their team there, and he is the leader. He's the favorite to win this uh, this football season here is Spencer Rattler. He's a little, he's a mini Patrick Mahomes in the making here this football season here, and I love what they're doing here this year here. They got a running back in Kennedy Brooks that was third best in the country by the Pro Football Focus last year. Then they go out and they bring in Eric Gray from Tennessee. He's got two shiny new toys in the backfield here now, does Lincoln Riley are the best two one-two running back combination in the country this year to work with Spencer Rattler. And one stat that we used uh, in the in the I write up about this football program here, they've scored 29 points in a row, 59 games in a row, 63 games in a row, I should say. That's amazing. I mean, if you're you're going to have to outscore Oklahoma because uh, <laughs> they're going to put the points on the scoreboard this football season here. They're my team to beat and to win the national championship this football season. Well, here's another stat you got that's amazing. The Sooners have won three more Big 12 titles over the last 22 years, 14 of them, than they've lost home games. <laughs> that's, that's craziness. Let's go to Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy, we know about him, and he's got a quarterback, too. Yeah, he's got a nice football program here. Spence Sanders, MVP in the Cheez-It Bowl last year. He threw for over 4,000 yards as a sophomore. He's coming back here last year. And if you break down what this football program did last year here, they were only two scores away from being a double-digit 10-win team last football season here. Uh, Very, very uh, deceptive record they had last football season here. Uh, I'm a big, huge Mike Gundy fan. I think he's going to end up trying to step on the pedal here. I know he loses Chuba Hubbard and Tevin Jenkins and Tylen Wallace, and he has some big losses to overcome here, but it's still Mike Gundy and still Oklahoma State, and they'll still be in a bowl game this year. At TCU, listen, we love what Gary Patterson's done over the years, but, geez, Mark, he's going to have to be introducing himself to his team. Yeah, it's, you know, but I'm going to say this about TCU here. There's a football team that went 5-1 and one down the stretch the last six games of the season, and their quarterback, Mac Dugan, I think he's primed for a breakout season this year here. They got seven and a half wins for their season win total here, but after he's starting the fourth largest amount of underclassmen in the country here that's going to benefit this team, he's got 22 transfers coming in in the offseason here. Like you say, introductions are going to be needed, but I think this football program is going to improve this year. And a guy like that certainly is earn the benefit of the doubt. 
unquestionably. I mean, he's you know, his experiences they come and and as respected as they come. Uh, I'm a big, big, huge Gary Patterson fan, and I think it'll pay dividends for the Horn Frogs again this year. All right, let's go to Texas. One big team after another. Steve Sarkeesian, uh, he's got some good stuff to work with on the offensive line. Yeah, he does. He's got big shoes to fill here, too, and Tom Herman, who did, I think, a great job at Texas. It's not good enough. You know, it's like the old Ohio State days back uh, when Earl Bruce was a head coach there. He won, but just not enough. It didn't satisfy the uh, the people at Texas. They wanted more. They went out and got Steve Sarkeesian coming in here. Uh, Sixteen starters, uh, players, bailed out on Texas after Herman left. So he's got to plug some holes in here right away to do just that. Sam Ellinger, a five-year, four-year starting quarterback, he's graduated. He's gone here. I think this football program struggles here early this football season here this year. Too many changes here. I know he's got a ton of assistants that come from national championship teams, six of them, but uh, when you make the this big of an overhaul in one football season here. I think a team takes a step backwards instead of forward the first year. It's funny you just threw that out there, and that's what I was going to ask you because we've done this with you, and I mean this sincerely now. It's got to be at least a decade, and we get these nuggets that you can utilize during the season. And I'll always remember when Sarkeesian went to Washington, and you made the point that I think he had spent $2 million on his coaching staff and the kind of year they had. It's not just about the head guy. It's about everything he brings to the table. And that's what he's bringing here also. Those six assistants who won those national championships or played in college football playoff games are going to be surrounding him this year. So you're only as good as the talent that surrounds you, and he brings a lot of that with him. And I tip my hat for him doing just that, and they're going to be a good Texas football program next year. I think this year they're going to end up learning all about themselves this football season. Well, at Texas Tech, it's a red-hot seat for the Red Raiders head coach, Matt Wells. Uh, it is, and deservedly so. Here's a football program here that uh, has had the worst recruiting ranking in the Big 12 since he came there in 2019. They averaged only 29 points a game last year. That's the lowest scoring, scoring offense in 12 years for this football program here. Uh, he does have eight returning starters on defense and the majority of the two deep coming back on defense. So hopefully he can build this thing defensively, whereas they've always been known about offense here. And he's, uh, got, he's got one of five transfers that come in from Power 5 of his transfers comes in from a Power 5 football conference here. I think uh, it's going to be balls to the wall here, obviously, for Matt Wells this football season. I don't know if he'll get it done, but they'll be in every game they play. This is going to be the case with every team, Mark, I mean, this transfer portal thing. And that would be the hope, would it not, that the Red Raiders somehow get their act together, that some new blood coming in there maybe changes their fortunes, but it sure looks like an uphill climb. Yeah, it is an uphill climb. they got 19 scholarship players coming in from four-year schools, 14 that were on a roster last year. So you're going to have to introduce yourself to those players as well. But when you're on the hot seat and you're pressed, you're going to end up doing a lot of things that you normally wouldn't do. All right, we say it takes a little bit of time, three, four years, for a coach to you know put a stamp on it, coaches, recruits. Third year for Neil Brown at West Virginia. Yeah, we've talked year in and year out. I'm a big Neil Brown fan. Uh, I loved him uh, in his days at Troy, and I think he's doing a nice job getting this program back to where it needs to be here this football season. We saw a lot of it last year. Uh, he's got 
two key super seniors that have opted to come back this year. Letty Brown, a running back who ran for over 1,000 yards last year, is one of those key returning people here. They're going to be the type of football team this year, Brian, that no one in this conference is going to want to play. Uh, they've been going bowling for eight straight years in a row. They have no consecutive road games. Watch out for West Virginia this football season. Spectacular information. There's the Big Ten, the Big 12, PlaybookSports.com. Tell them about the Playbook magazine, Mark. Real easy, Brian. You want to get your hands in a copy, log on at playbooksports.com. Or if you're in Vegas, visit our friends at the Gamblers Book Club, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million around the country. Mark Lawrence is one of our dear friends, and the information is spectacular. And we'll be having these previews for you all year long on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Four and a half. Milwaukee's favored at home to Phoenix. The total is 220 and a half. Few 221s out there. We'll be keeping tabs on that. How much fun was the college football notes there on the Big Ten and the Big 12? A lot of good information. Football's coming, kiddo. And I love that segment with Mark Lawrence. Really helps you get a running start. And you make notes for certain games, certain weeks, certain trends. That's an over team. That's an under team. That's a fade team. And and I'm not saying that's how you pull the trigger on games, but it gives you a foundation. And it's a great starting point. I, I like what uh, Sarkeesian's doing already at Texas with the assistant coaches that he's brought in. And I've seen the recruiting class rated as high as number five mm-hmm. in the nation this year. So I'm going to watch them in the second half of the season and see if they aren't playing better and then look at them in a year or two with that recruiting class and, and the coaches that they have there. I think Texas is a, is a team that in you know a year or two, maybe three, is someone that they're going to have to deal with in, in that uh, conference. Well, and just listening to you talk, and this is the kind of thing you do with Mark in those segments. You talk things out, and maybe you play on them on the back half of the season that they're getting better. We, you know, maybe right. not winning games, but covering yeah, cover numbers. numbers exactly. Yep, it's worth a look. I, I again, I, I like what's going on there in Texas. Just, just what what, Car- what uh, Sarkeesian has already done. All right, so here's the deal. Good stuff from Mark Lawrence. I'm Jack. Here we go. Four days of fun. The Open Championship, not a lot of sleep. Some price plays are going to be out there. I think some long shots are going to be in play. I think Ian Poulter's going to hang around. I think he's going to make some noise. We're looking at some Texas golfers. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm fired up, man. I'm looking forward to it. Well, again, there's there's some matchups now. I'm going to go check the numbers on. I, I, again, a little nugget that Jeff dropped about the ball running out and maybe you know ending up in some fescue along the fairway. Yeah, you don't necessarily need to be the long hitter here. It's all about being in the short grass and avoiding those pot bunkers because you can put up a balloon number. Scott Farrell's coming up next on the network. Dave Shane from the RJ joining us on KSHP.com with Vegas Hockey Online. Have a great day.